Good morning and welcome to the ECU Health Headlines program. And we have as guest today, Dr. Shamira Batu. He's a hematologist, oncologist at ECU Health Medical Center and East Carolina University Board of School of Medicine. And Dr. Batu, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, glad you had a chance to come in and have and talk to us about lung cancer awareness. But before we discuss the topic for today, uh, tell us a little about yourself, your medical background, and you work here in Eastern North Carolina. So yeah, so I, as you you know said in the in introduction that you know I'm a uh, base, I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Oncology Hematology in ECU. Uh, recently joined there, and however I did train in New York City uh, with uh, SUNY Downstate and Sloan Catering, and I was with the Mayo Clinic for the last seven years and came uh, about three four months ago here to join ECU uh, faculty over there. And I treat uh, mainly the lung cancer and the breast cancer. I am involved in research projects as well. I do like to teach, and I do teach medical students and our fellows, which are basically the doctors who are in training for to be the oncologist. So basically, that's what I do currently. So let me start with a very basic question. What is lung cancer? So for that, you know, you got to know what cancer is, basically. You know, by definition, cancer is anything where the cells grow uncontrollably and abnormally. So that's what basically cancer means. And if it happens in the lungs, we call it lung cancer, like any other organ. And uh, so then once this starts to grow, it starts to spread. And because these are abnormal cells, they grow uncontrollably, they take over the organ and start to cause problems. And then once they spread and they can go to other organs, and then they start to taking over the other organs as well, and this is how they cause the problem. This is but in summary basically what cancer means. And I understand there are two types of lung cancer. Describe those for us. Correct. So uh, there are two main cancers that we categorize the cancers because it's very important. One is called non-small cell lung cancer, other is called a small cell lung cancer. So the distinction is based on how the cells look under the microscope. So small cell cancer tends to be more aggressive compared to the non-small cell lung cancer. So they are very both uh, aggressive cancers. However, compared to two small cell is very aggressive. But fortunately, non-small cell cancer is the majority of the cancers that we see is about 80 to 85 percent of cases, and about 14 to 15 percent of cases are small cell lung cancer. And when you say aggressive, what do you mean by aggressive? Aggressive means they grow very fast and they spread very fast. So as I said, they both are aggressive cancers, but small cell tends to be much more aggressive. And also in terms of the treatment approach, there's a little difference between the two. That's why it's very, very important for us to make that distinction up front, what we are dealing with. Are we dealing with non-small cell cancer or a small cell cancer? We talked about uh, the types of cancer. What are the signs and symptoms of lung cancer? So that's a very good question, actually. You know, if I have to tell you what's the most sign, I would say no signs or symptoms. So this is a very silent killer, uh, especially in the early stages. You may have patients may not have any signs or symptoms whatsoever. And a lot of times when we de detect the early cancers, these are by chance, and you know, persons are having uh, you know, you know, scans done for some entirely different reasons. However. Uh, there are some uh, red flags, what we call it, and the most common is the coughing. You know, a lot, a lot of patients, you know, these patients who have lung cancer, they already have some cough, but someone who has a worsening cough or uh, persistent cough, that could be one of the red flags. So shortness of breath is another one that we see commonly in patients who present with them, and then we end up getting the workup and tend to have, the, you know, lung cancer. Others include chest pains. Some people have a blood in dispute on what we call hemoptysis. 
And also it depends upon if the cancer has spread. Say, for example, if the cancer spreads to a brain, because this is one of the common places where lung cancer can grow, uh, they can have symptoms like headaches, they can have like vomiting, they can have weakness, like, you know, that like they have stroke symptoms. So in same, same way, if the cancer goes to bones, so it can cause bone pains. So it all depends upon where the cancer then spreads. But you're looking at the lung in itself, it's mainly the cough, shortness of breath, chest pains. Uh, that's what usually the patients uh, come up with. Uh, when we think of lung cancer, the first thing that comes to mind is the cause of smoking. But tell us about the causes of lung cancer. So very good question. Uh, uh, the number one cause for uh, lung cancer is cigarette smoking, as you said. So if you look at the numbers, about 85 to 90 percent of lung cancers, we're talking about non-small cell lung cancers, happen because of cigarette smoking. On the other hand, small cell lung cancers, almost 100 percent of the people have history of smoking. So it is smoking all along. So if someone who smokes, they have a 90 percent chance of getting the lung cancer. So there are other causes b b uh, besides the uh, smoking as well, like radon exposure that we consider as one other risk factors too. And then there are environmental pollution that does play a role. Uh, secondhand smoking, that does play a role. And uh, there are certain exposures like asbestos exposure, someone, or silicosis, what we call it. And uh, very rarely there are some genetic factors which play a role. But, uh, uh, but as you mentioned, to begin with, smoking is the major contributor for lung cancer. So I heard you say in addition to smoking, environmental factors could be a of a reason for lung cancer. Absolutely. So, yeah, so definitely there's one of the ways that the person can get, if you are getting exposed to that smoke constantly, and it's a lot, you know, because these smokes have a lot of what we call carcinogens, mm -hmm. something that initiates the cancer, and then they can definitely increase the chance for lung cancer. Well, who is that most at risk for lung cancer then? Well, as I said, smoker. Smokers. Yeah, smoker, no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. And again, as I tell my patients, if you don't, if any, any person who asks me for advice, I will tell them don't smoke. If you don't smoke, your chances of having lung cancer is almost negligible. If you smoke, you have a 90% chance of getting a lung cancer. I don't think I can get much more straighter than that. Mm -hmm. Are there certain demographic groups at higher risk for lung cancer than other groups? So I would say, you know, if you look at the numbers, minority groups are definitely at higher risk for, uh, you know, getting lung cancer. I think it's just a, mainly the socioeconomic factors, high uh, incidence of smoking in those groups, and also trying to get, the, you know, help like, you know, getting the medical help, they, they kind of delay that. And they also, they tend to have a more aggressive cancer. But overall, if you're not a smoker, if you stay away from those risk factors, your chance of lung cancer, ha having lung cancer, you know, diminishes considerably. Okay. Uh, you listen to the ECU Health Headlines program here with Dr. Shamir Matu, and we're talking about lung cancer and lung cancer awareness. We'll be back in a few minutes to continue our conversation. We're back, and you're listening to the ECU Health Headlines program here with Dr. Shamir Batu. He's an oncologist and hematologist at ECU Health, and we're talking about the risks and screens for lung cancer. And Dr. Batu, tell us again what is lung cancer and some of the signs and symptoms um, we should look for, you, you may see. So the common sign and symptoms that the persons come with is cough. So, you know, they tend to have a cough, which is persistent, doesn't go away. The other, the other symptoms include like shortness of breath. There are chest pains the person can come up with. There are people who come up with the hemoptysis. They've been seeing blood in the sputum. So that's another one of the symptoms. However, on the, if you look at the earlier stages, patient may not have any signs or symptoms whatsoever. So that's why screening plays a very important role in patients who are smokers to look for the cancers. Besides that, Signs and symptoms also depend if the cancer has spread and has gone to the different organs. Say, for example, you know, cancer has gone to the brain, it can give symptoms accordingly, like they can have weakness, they can have headaches, they can have vomiting. 
you know, they can have seizures, so it could be a sign that the cancer is in the brain. So similarly, if the cancer goes to bones, it can give bone pains. So once the cancer is advanced, you know, patients can have weight loss. You know, that, that's usually even in advanced cases. Early stages is usually the cough, shortness of breath, and chest pain. And even very, very early stages, patients may not have any symptoms whatsoever. And tell us again, and give you a chance to really drill down and give us a little bit more detail, uh, what someone can do to lower the risk of lung cancer. Uh, first and for- foremost is the quit smoking. I think, as I said, you know, smoking is contributing 90% of the times for the, you know, for the lung cancers to happen. I think, yes, if you don't quit smoking, your chance of lung cancer, having lung cancer are very high. The second thing that you can do is this lung cancer screening. So that's a very important tool in detecting the cancers early. And as we know, if we detect cancers early, they tend to have a better prognosis. They tend to live longer. For example, in stage one cancer patients, they have a survival rate of over 90% compared to those who have stage four cancers. So screening is an extremely important tool that the patients can use to detect cancer early and decrease the chances of or increase the chances of survival. So let's talk a bit more about the importance of lung cancer screening and who may qualify for that screening and how you determine, you know, when the screening should be done and, you know, the results that comes out of that screening. Correct. So that's a very good question. Again, uh, so we have a screening tool currently uh, available, uh, what we use, what we call low-dose CT scans or CAT scans to detect uh, cancers, uh, very early cancers. So there are certain criteria that we use to see who is going to basically qualify for it. And there are patients, basically, these are patients basically who are 50 to 80 years of age, have a 20-pack year smoking history. In other words, they had been smoking one pack of cigarettes for about 20 years, or someone who's smoking like two packs of cigarettes per, per day, so it will be 10 years of smoking. So it's a, it's a pack year history. And uh, someone who is mainly asymptomatic, and those are the, and also someone who has even quit smoking within the last 15, 20 years, but is in this age group and has this much of smoking history, they also qualify for uh, this uh, screening, what we call low-dose CT screening. It's a very simple test. It takes about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, it's, a, it's totally uh, painless. It doesn't require any injections. And the risks of radiation with these CT scans is extremely, extremely low. That's why we call it low-dose low CT scan. And it's an extremely important tool for us to detect cancers at a very early stage. So what is the reaction of the, the patient once they, you've done the screening, you've determined that you have found instances of lung cancer? How does that patient react at that time? So obviously, like any other cancer, patients don't, you know, uh, like to hear the word cancer. You know, it's, you know, the same way they don't like to hear the cancer word at the same time. But, you know, the good thing about when we detect cancers on, uh, you know, on these screenings are very early stage. So we tend to reassure patients it's at a stage that that can be taken care of. And survival rates, as I was telling before, in stage one cancers is over 90%. So once we talk about these numbers with the patients, they also feel, uh, you know, much reassured. And then... Once the treatment happens, you know, uh, they tend to do much better than those who have a very advanced disease. And talk about the support they may get from family members to encourage them to stop smoking in, in a lot of situations and also to understand what they have to go through and changes they have to make because they have been diagnosed with that disease. Oh, absolutely. You know, cancer is one such disease. It doesn't impact a person uh, himself only. It impacts the whole family, the friends. You know, it impacts so many aspects of their lives. And having a family support, you know, you know, is extremely important in, in any cancer and also in lung cancer as well. And, of course, that way, you know, not only that person himself, you know, gets a good treatment, but also the family members can see that what the smoking does, you know, encouraging them to stop smoking, encouraging them to get screening because, you know, an early-stage lung cancer is a curable disease. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the um, 
Council right here in Eastern North Carolina, which has been known to be, you know, the hotbed for tobacco for years, uh, how do the race of lung cancer in Eastern North Carolina compare to maybe the race of North Carolina in general or to the United States in general as a whole? So if you look at globally per se, so lung cancer is the uh, second most cancer in both men and women. So the same is true in the United States, too. And it's the number one cancer-related killer, basically, you know, globally as well as in the United States. So among the states, uh, if you look at the state of North Carolina, uh, it ranks at uh, 40th in terms of incidence of uh, lung cancers per 100,000 people. So the national average is about 55 to 60 patients per 100,000 people per year. That's the incidence, uh, you know, in the whole nation. But coming to the North Carolina, it's about 65 to 70 people per 100,000. So definitely our average in, in the state of New, uh, North Carolina is much higher than the average uh, you know, incidence of the lung cancer. As we think because North Carolina has been known to go to back and back and cigarettes have been um, traditionally cheaper here? Now that that's, that could be one of the reasons, absolutely. And as you mentioned, that we are, I think, number one tobacco producers in the country. Mm-hmm. So no wonder this, you know, cigarette smoking smoking is much more prevalent here. And this could be one of the factors, you know. But overall, it is the smoking that is more prevalent here that is causing these numbers. Okay. What are some of the treatment options? I think you touched on a little bit of those. But some of the treatment options for lung cancer. So we, this is a, you know, treatment for cancers is a more like a, what we call a multidisciplinary approach nowadays. So it does involve not only the medical oncologist like me, it involves the role of the surgeon, the radiation oncologist, and our lung doctors, which we call a pulmonologist. So the treatments, if I really have to categorize, there are three different types of um, modalities of treatment that we can do. One is the surgery. Second is the radiation treatment, and third is what we call chemotherapies, immunotherapies, and targeted treatments. And the type of treatment the person requires depends upon what stage the cancer is. Some patients just need surgery, and some people just need radiation treatment. Some people need both chemotherapy and radiation therapy, and some people need in addition to the immunotherapies. And then there are people who require what we call targeted treatment. So I must add here that lung cancer is one such uh, field that there has been a tremendous progress in the last, uh, last uh, uh, five to ten years, and uh, the prognosis has improved. The people who are living with cancer are surviving and more and more because of these, uh, you know, you know, because of these uh, uh, newer treatments that we have been uh, developing over the last five to ten years. You mentioned uh, radiation and chemotherapy. Tell us what the difference is. So radiation is like, as, as I mentioned, it's a radiation. It's kind of a rays. You know, it's just basically uh, it's a machine that delivers that, uh, that, that radiation and that targets the tumor directly and hits that target and kills the tumor. On the other hand, chemotherapies are usually in the form of the IV treatments or infusions, which are delivered through the veins. But there are chemotherapy agents in the form of pills as well. And that those are given mainly systemic, systemically. They are absorbed and they go into the bloodstream and then go to the to the areas where the tumor is and kill the tumor. The radiation therapy, on the other hand, targets the tumor directly through with the help of a machine. Earlier you mentioned about survival rates. Uh, tell us again about the survival rates uh, based on the stages, that, that type of thing. So, again, staging is very, very important in terms of the survival. As I was mentioned uh, to you uh, in the beginning, that stage 1 cancers have over 90% cure rates. So stage 1 cancers are those which are very small tumors. Usually we consider them as less than <clears throat> less than 4 centimeter tumors, not involving the, what we call lymphic glands and things like that. So they tend to have a much better prognosis. On the other hand, if we take the other extreme, which is stage 4 cancer, this is the one where the cancer has spread, 
survival decreases uh, tremendously. However, we have made a lot of progress in terms of the treatment of stage four cancers in the last five to 10 years. So, uh, so you know, I'm talking about just five, 10 years. I was, when I was in the training, we used to tell our patients with stage four cancer that their chance of surviving five years is only 1%. Right. And that is just 1% out of 100 people. Mm-hmm. But with the progress that we have made in the treatments, that number has jumped about almost up to 20%. In certain cases, even more. So you can see we have done a lot of, you know, uh, we have we have a lot of progress in terms of the treatments, but still there's still a lot of room of improvement as well, room for the improvement as well. Uh, at the beginning of the program, you also mentioned that you treated uh, breast cancer. Uh, talk about the importance of treatment for that and that disease. And, uh, you know, we see cases of that. And uh, it's something that I know that, that women face on a regular basis. Talk about that, uh, Dr. Bateau. So, yeah, so breast cancer is uh, another one of the uh, common cancers. Again, the, you know, the most common cancer in breast, uh, I mean, the most common cancer in women. And again, uh, with any other cancer, the treatment depends upon the staging. And the earlier the stage, the better the treatments are and the better the prognosis is. But definitely compared to lung cancer, the prognosis is much, much better because we have much better treatments, much more treatment options for breast cancer patients. And, uh, and again, just like the lung cancer, there's a good screening programs that we've been doing in the United States for a long, long period of time, especially people who are greater than 50, up to 70, some say even up to 75 years, they should get their mammograms done. So there's a little uh, debate about between patients between 40 to 50 years, but the majority of the societies and the recommendations are that they should also go for the screening and talk to their doctors, because that's the way we detect the cancers early, and obviously the better the outcome. And as we begin to close the segment now, uh, tell us about some resources that may be available for people here in Eastern North Carolina to access those screenings and get more information about lung cancer. Yeah, so very good question. So again, we have a very good resource, uh, our uh, website like ecuhealth.org. So there is uh, information on all the places that we provide, uh, you know, CT screening for uh, lung cancer. And also it has a very good, uh, you know, uh, risk assessment tool, which is completely free, and they can put their information and see their what their risk is for the lung cancer. And uh, so most of these uh, studies are covered by insurance. However, there are people who do not have insurance, but there's an information on the site as well. They can call the number and see what they can uh, do to get that screening done. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of resource on that uh, ECU Health Org site. If you go there, you will find all the information that you need. I want to thank you for coming in for this, this valuable information. And before we close the program, I'll give you a chance to give closing comments and summarize. Yeah, so again, to begin with, lung cancer is very, very common. It's the number one killer, uh, not only globally in the United States, in North Carolina here. So I would tell people not to smoke. You know, that will be my first and foremost uh, message to your listeners, uh, to your audience, that don't smoke. And if you don't smoke, your chance of getting lung cancer is basically uh, very, very negligible. So if someone who is smoking, quit smoking. Someone who is a smoker, talk to a doctor and get yourself screened so that if there is a cancer, we can detect it early and the outcomes are better. I want to thank you again for coming in and providing us valuable information. Our guest today has been Dr. Samir Batu. He's an oncologist, uh, hematologist at ECU Health Medical Center and ECU Border School of Medicine. And we've been discussing the risk signs, screenings, and treatment for lung cancer. Join us next time for this important information program. Again, ECU Health Headlines Show. I'm Mark Woodson.